0: This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by the Editor-in-Chief of Becker's Healthcare, Laura Durda. Laura's going to talk today about what trends she's following currently, what are the big issues she's watching currently. Laura, let me ask you to take a moment to introduce yourself, and then to jump right into the three or so trends that you're watching currently in hospitals, health systems, whatever it is that you're most focused on.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Scott. Um, I'm... Laura Dearda, overseeing the physician-focused lines here at Becker's Healthcare, and really one of the top areas that I'm focusing a lot of my time on today is the ambulatory surgery center field, and so I wanted to talk about a few of the big trends that I'm seeing there. I think um, in ASCs over the past year, there are two states that really um, stuck out to me that have really exploded in terms of surgery centers, those being Florida and Texas, um, both adding 20 plus ASCs, um, which has really been interesting. And then we're looking ahead to see where areas um, that are kind of primed for growth in the ASC space. And I think looking at you know both states like North and South Carolina and West Virginia, um, those areas are seeing more surgery centers come in and both have certificates of need, but um, are places where those certificate of need laws are being challenged and have a real chance of um, you know, at least being um, lifted or if not that, the boards in, in governing spaces there um, are being more friendly to approving the physician-led ASCs, And so we see that really as being um, kind of an interesting things that we're watching in terms of where ASCs are headed um, and what spaces are really spaces where more physicians are going to, um, adding surgery centers and are really excited to grow in the ASC space. Um, I think the other place I think we're seeing a lot of um, growth in is New York. I think it's a challenging market for ASCs to be in, but whether that looks like more surgery centers in collaboration with hospitals or other organizations, it seems like the Um, Payers, especially commercial payers there, want to see surgeries done in the ASC as much as possible, not even the hospital outpatient departments, and so um, there's a ton of opportunity there as well to really capitalize on that. And in looking at the payer trends, what we're hearing from across the board, you know, zooming out nationally is that, you know, there's a lot of stress on them with more prior authorizations from the commercial insurers. And so they're experiencing more paperwork, having to jump through more hoops in order to get these surgeries approved and more um, policies denying procedures, which has been a struggle um, for them to go through. And so, you know, in looking ahead, um, they're really primed for trying to figure out ways to um, streamline these processes to make sure that that they're getting all the information staying up to date with payer policies but then to advocating for their patients so that um, their policies will make sure they're approving needed procedures. Um, and then thinking about too the value based care I know that's the top of lots of people's minds coming um, out of the pandemic to some degree and looking at caring for um, people on the value based scale versus the fee for service I think some ASCs have really gotten into that but more are still. Lukewarm on it. They may not have the data and infrastructure available to really understand what kind of contracts are going to be beneficial to them. Um, And and so it's a challenge from that regard. But, you know, more than that, I I think a lot of the surgery centers on the cutting edge are seeing, you know, jumping past the value-based care contracting and thinking about um, caring for populations as really what's going to add value uh, for. Their organizations and their surgery centers or surgery center chains um, as they move forward in discussions with payers and employers for direct contracting, as well as um, cash pay patients. And so looking at ways they can bring in the prehabilitation, bring in um, rehab after surgery, making sure that. They're adding wellness to their um, list of services and those kinds of things that really make them more of an organization that's caring for the whole person and caring for populations versus just the surgical episode, you know, can make them really, really valuable. Um, in bringing that surgeon front and center into the care process, I think is is key. Um, and then lastly, you know, when we're looking at um, the issues that are top of mind for a lot of the ASC owners and operators, it's the same as what you would think with um, anybody in healthcare being staffing and trying to make sure they've got financial stability going forward. Um, but one of the things that stands out is physician recruitment, and I know that's always been a challenge for. ASUs, um, especially as more people have been choosing um, hospital employment out of school, but we really see to some degree a shift change for the past year or so in more physicians wanting to have a better work-life balance, wanting more autonomy, again, um, coming out of medical training. And so the ASC is definitely a space where they can offer value, um, bringing in physicians, bringing in surgeons and giving them an opportunity to progress to um, partnerships. I think it's been really key and attractive um, for those kinds of physicians that are more entrepreneurial minded to have that promotion track to the partnership rank, to. Being able to have a, a more executive leadership role within the, um, within the surgery center or the practice um, laid out for them, obviously not something that is tackled within the first few months of them being there, but being able to have a mentor with the um, senior physicians in the organization as they, um, you know, progress within their careers and then being able to build their practices and understand, you know. What that looks like versus just having more of a passive partnership, I think, is really, really attractive to physicians coming out of school as so they're looking for a place to grow their careers um, and really make a difference within their communities.
0: Thank you. There's a lot, there's a lot there. The growth of surgery centers again, uh, sort of challenges with payers, both physicians and surgery centers, just trying to get through, you know, it, the policies and so forth that are slowing down authorization and the kinds of challenges. Mentorship in practice, private practice, hospital practice, having mentorship either way. Talk for a second about the growth in surgery centers. You mentioned Texas and Florida, and you mentioned a couple of CON states that are also seeing growth. What is, from a hospital perspective, is this something that at one point, this, you know, put the fear of God in hospitals. They were very concerned about the loss of surgeries and so forth. Is this a smaller blip on the radar for hospitals today, or is this something that still bothers hospitals a great deal, assuming the hospital's not a partner in it? I mean, what what is the hospital perspective and the growth these surgery centers today?
1: Absolutely. I think that's a great point. So, for hospitals, especially in some of the smaller communities in, in, in rural areas, I think it's still very much a sticking point um, in, in something that can be a big threat to them or they're seeing as a big threat from independent physicians um, to the point where we have seen still several challenges arising from the hospital systems when independent physicians do put in for their certificate of needs. Um, you know, it can, has been playing out even within the local press um, going back and forth between the organizations and, and, you know, really um, kind of in in some respects, uh, ugly battles between the two to try to get the um, surgery center built and and maintained in long and arduous processes. So I think it's still definitely very much of a concern of hospitals, especially looking at the types of procedures that would be coming out if they're orthopedic surgery centers, if they're spine cases, if they're cardiology cases, um, you know, those types of procedures that are High reimbursing for the hospitals and help them really sustain their bottom line, they definitely don't want to lose those. And so I, I think it's not a blip on their radar for sure. Um, when we're looking at some of the bigger hospital health systems in hospitals and hospitals in more urban areas, um, it's not as much of a thing that comes up, although I do still hear from hospital executives that it's something that they're watching and. You know, they see as being um, a a part of their competitive landscape, but more or less, you know, looking at those larger. Health systems and urban areas—they really have the power to um, have the contracts with payers that will make a difference. They can still um, contract, you know, w- with rates that'll make a, a difference and bring primary care physicians into their network and have a say over some of those referral bases. And so, you know, it's it's still um, to them something they're thinking about and looking at, but not as big of a threat as some of the smaller communities um, that we're seeing.
0: But I think your point there is so well taken that it it's, can be very, very material to a small health system, a rural community, whereas a large health system, they still don't love it, but it's not as material typically if they are losing some of those surgeries. I think it's a fascinating perspective. Laura, as always, I want to thank you for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. It's always a pleasure to visit with you. You do a wonderful job, and thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Scott. Always a pleasure.